chapter 13, beginning with verse 17. Now, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route. Don't you love how that, because like it gave directions. Like even though that was the shortest route, you know, even though that was the shortest route so, to the promised land, God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their mind and return to Egypt. Now let's skip down to verse 21. And so the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. He allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar or the cloud or the cloud or the pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. Now, Exodus chapter thirty two, verse one. So the people have made this move, they've gone out of Egypt. They've crossed the sea, and they've come to a mountain. Moses has gone up on the mountain to meet with God, and then it says this in 32.1. It says, Now when the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. And they said this, Come on, let's make some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. And now... Deuteronomy, chapter 31, beginning at the beginning. Now, when Moses had finished these instructions to the people of Israel, he said, I am now 120 years old, and I'm no longer able to lead you. Uh, wouldn't it be nice like, to be able to say that? I'm 120 I'm getting a little tired. Like, just the other day, I rolled out of bed. I'm like 36. Like, I could barely get out. Like, come on. Like, this man, 120. I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has told me you will not cross the Jordan River, but the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy the nations living there, and you will take possession of this land. Joshua, he will lead you across the river, just as the Lord has promised. Uh, skip down to verse 6. He says, So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. And then Moses called for Joshua as all of Israel watched. And he said to him, Be strong and courageous. For you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors that he would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. The Lord will go ahead of you. Here's this pattern. Here's this flow. So the children of Israel find themselves in slavery, and they find themselves coming out of slavery, out of out of Egypt. And the Lord leads them, and the Lord leads them. It's like there's, there's cloud and there's smoke, and there's this very distinct way in which they know, like, this is the cloud, this is the smoke, this is the fire, this is the way that we should go. But, but they end up at a sea. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa where, where are we supposed to go from here? And, and, and all of a sudden, the ones who were their captives begin to pursue them. 
And so the Lord's led them out of slavery only to find themselves at this place where, well, where do we go from here? We're about to get massacred. We're about to get slaughtered. And then the God parts the sea. They go through. They follow the cloud. They follow the smoke. They end up at this mountain. Moses goes up the mountain. Now, he's a long time with God. Now, he's on the mountain so long that the people get restless. And what do they say? They say, let's, let's make these golden calves. Why do they make this gold, these golden calves? So that they would lead us. So they would go ahead of us. And so all of this goes on, and the people end up wandering in the wilderness. They end up, uh, a generation dies out. They're standing at the edge of the river. They're getting ready to cross over into the promised land. And what happens? Moses gets up in front of everybody and says, listen, I'm not going to cross over with you. But listen, the Lord himself, he's going to go before you. He's going to lead you. He says this three different times in this kind of closing sermon in Deuteronomy to the children of Israel. Listen, the Lord is going to lead you. So like time after time, there's this kind of repetition like God is leading. God is leading. He's leading you somewhere. Somebody's got to go first. Somebody's got to go first. And, 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 and the Lord's real, real distinctive and saying, listen, I, I, I'll go first. See, with everything in life, with every change, with every different season, there's always, there always has to be a first. There always has to be that person that I will go first. Could you imagine the person who ate the first oyster? Right? You. Yeah. Tim did. I mean, you'd have to be starving to death. You'd have to be like, I am starving if I don't get something to eat. This thing, this slimy, gross creature thing, let's eat it. Right? And I love them. I love oysters. But I don't know if I wanted to go first, right? <laughs> There's certain things in your life you're like, hey, y'all want to go bungee cord jumping? Yeah, you go first. <laughs> Let's test that line. Let's make sure. Like, and like, you know, somebody, but if someone goes first, all of a sudden, like, it builds like some courage in us, right? Okay, my, like my daughter, I've been trying so hard to get her uh, out on the surfboard and different things with the water. And the other day we're at the beach, and then all of a sudden these other little girls come out, and her dad has a surfboard. And all of a sudden Kobe sees the other little kids with the surfboard. And now, oh, dad, oh, now you got the courage. <laughs> now, daddy's been trying all this time. Now, why? Because somebody else went first, and she saw a vision of what could be and what should be. And all of a sudden, and so, so that's why there's this, this, this repetition, like, Joshua, be strong, be courageous, because God's going first. God himself is going to lead you. See, there's this progression, there's this pattern, and the people find themselves from slavery to sea, from sea to mountain, from mountain to wandering, from wandering to crossing over, and there's this progression. If you look at the progression, it would kind of obviously, within our logical mind, think, well, things are getting easier for the people. Man, they've gone out of slavery. Like Now there's a sea. Well, seas are hard to cross, but seas are easier to cross than mountains. See, but then there's a river. Well, man, rivers are easier than mountains, but mountains are easier than seas. And yet here are the people, there's this progression, and on the outside it looks easier. And yet if you look at the language and the talks of the people, man, life is just getting worse and worse and harder and harder. Come on, sometimes that's our story. See, we've seen God part the seas in our lives. We've seen God do the miracles in our lives. We've seen, man, that was stage four cancer, and it should have killed you. 
And, and we've seen God move time and time again. But yet we're kind of on this progression of just like, well, we need someone else to lead us. Let's build this golden calf. Let's move this along. Let's do, uh, how are we going to defeat these giants? Man, you cross the sea. God, like, could you imagine if you literally cross? Like, it came. Like, did y'all ever see that movie, uh, Prince of Egypt? And there's the part in the cartoon where the sea crosses, and then everybody's crossing over. And then there's this one scene where it's like lightning flashes, and you can kind of see a whale. I'm like, that's the coolest scene ever. Because I've never thought about it like that. Like, there's these walls of water, and like, maybe they saw that. Like, high five, you know? But like, that would have been amazing. But they've, they've seen God move on their behalf. They've seen God move time and time again. And, and it should be getting easier, but like from the language of the people, you would just think, hey, just take us back to Egypt. It was so much easier when we were slaves. Seriously? It was so much easier when you were beaten every day and all you had to do was make bricks? You want to go back to that? Like, and you want to make golden calves when you serve a God who's done all of this for you? But it's not just their story, it's our story. See, sometimes we come to Christ, and, and we've been painted this picture that, like, when you come to Christ, oh, man, it's just, it's just instant. It's, it's rainbows, and it's cotton candy, and it's, man, everything's going to be all right. Everything is going to be good. And, like, no, 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 all of a sudden, some of us realize, man, we got saved, and things went terribly, terribly wrong. Like, whoa, hold on, back the, back the train up. But here, here's the reality of the situation. See, you were once a slave of the enemy. And Paul, Paul even goes on in the New Testament and says, listen, I was, I, 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 was, I, was a slave. I was opposed to God. I, I, if anything, I was fighting against God. Like, you were a slave to the enemy, and you switched teams. And, and yeah, there was a reason why life might have been a little bit easier before. Because now you're, an, you're not just a slave anymore. Now you're an enemy. See, imagine, let me put it like this, uh, Carolina football fans, you know, Cam Newton, man, we love Cam. We cheer for him. We cheer for the Panthers. But what happens if next week, all of a sudden, Cam gets traded to, like, the Giants, right? And all of your deep southern roots are just like, Cam, uh uh-uh, I can't stand that guy. Because all of a sudden, now he's the enemy. He's, he's the Giants, and he's my Panthers, right? And you've gone from, like, man, uh, man we just kind of love this guy to all of a sudden now, and, like, there's this... This is reality to the kingdom that, listen, you, you were on the side of the enemy when you didn't know Jesus. There was a certain reality that you were a slave to sin. You were a slave to sin. And, and when you came, like now the enemy is going to do everything he can to come against you, to fight against you. And so, yes, some things are going to hit you. And it's going to feel like, God, why is this happening? Like, you led me this. You led me out of this slavery only to find myself at the sea where it seems, seemingly feels like I can't go anywhere and my attackers are coming against me. This is going to be the end of my life. And yet God parts the sea for you. You've seen him move in your life. I guarantee you, you've seen God move in your life. There's been a moment where you've come to the end of yourself and you've just found yourself throwing yourself into the arms of your Savior and saying, God, I can't figure this out. I can't do this on my own. I can't fix this marriage. I can't fix this job. I can't fix these finances. I can't fix these kids. I need you. And God's moved. Now, he may not have moved in the way that you liked, but he's moved. 
And he's taken us through the seas. And he's brought us to the mountain. And regrettably, this is where a lot of us get stuck. Like, these, like the children of Israel. We get stuck on the mountain. And what happens is we become impatient on the mountain. We become impatient because Moses was a long time coming down. I don't know what happened to this fellow Moses. Like, isn't that the truth? Like sometimes I don't know what happened to God. He brought me to this place, but now he's just kind of, yeah, like there's still smoke and fire on the mountaintops. But shouldn't we be moving? Shouldn't there be movement to this thing? And so what happens is we begin to create our own path. We begin to manipulate things. We begin to like trying to make God move. And sometimes when we try to make God move, what happens is we, we, we start to call it revival. And God's like, no, 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 I'm not in that. And, and you're, just, you're just building a golden calf. See, you're trying to make God move. And God says, no, 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 I'll move when I'm ready. I, I've given you clear directions. There, there's a cloud, there's a fire. And where that moves, that's where you move. But God, we don't like where you're leading us sometimes. You've, you've led us to a sea in a hard place. You've led us to a wilderness. You've led us to a place where there, there's no food, there's no water. I mean, but you've seen the manna from heaven. You've seen the water from the rock. You've seen all these things time and time again. You've seen it in your own life. You know how I know that? Because you're here. Because you're here. Because if you would have known what the enemy really wanted to do to you, if you would have known like where you should be, if it wasn't for the grace of God, if it wasn't for the grace of God. And, and so like sometimes we get impatient. We get impatient because we don't like the process. We don't like the process. And, and, and I think, you know, there's this element to the children of Israel coming out of Egypt where there's all these plagues, you know, 10 different plagues. All of these things happen. There's locusts and hail and frogs, and like all this crazy stuff. And we look at that, and we kind of look at it from the perspective of what God is doing inside the heart of Pharaoh and how he's taking it to get his people to another place. But I think there's another element to this. I think there's an element to what, not just what God is doing in, in the people of Egypt and, and in Pharaoh's heart, but also what he's doing in the people of Israel's heart. See, because they've, they've, they've known years and years of years of suffering and slavery, but, but now all of a sudden, like, now all of a sudden, it's a new lesson that they're learning about disappointment. Because he's told them time and time again, okay, you guys can go tomorrow. You guys can, only to go wake up tomorrow and, no, 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 I've changed my mind. So it's the equivalent of, imagine you have this trip planned, your bags are packed, you're ready to go, and the flight is canceled. And the next day, your bags are packed. You're ready to go. You're so excited. You've been planning this trip. It is all of your life. Your parents have talked about this trip. Your grandparents have talked about this trip. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Flight's canceled. Again and again. And see, like, I think God's also also saying, listen, you're going to have to learn some endurance. You're going to have to learn that things aren't going to always work out the way you think that they're going to work out. And sometimes my timing might seemingly seem delayed, but I'm working all things for the good. And, but, but God, why do we have to go through this? And sometimes we don't get the answer to that question. Sometimes the answers to those, those why questions will not come on this side of eternity. Sometimes you just have to step out in faith and say, God, I don't understand this. 
I don't know why you're moving me in this way. I don't know why I found myself between this sea and this enemy. I don't know why I find myself waiting on this mountain. But here's the one thing I do know, that there's the cloud and I'm not moving. If you don't move, I don't move. I need you to lead us. I need you to go first. I need you to go first. I've tried to do it in my own strength. I've tried to do it in my own way. I've tried to make you move, God. And it's got me nowhere. I've tried to force some kind of man-made thing. And See, you follow Jesus. Jesus doesn't follow you. And that's a big lesson to learn. That's a big lesson to learn. God, I believe, is getting ready to move. He's getting, and, and here's the thing. I, I heard one, one preacher say it like this. God is preparing you for what he's already prepared for you. God is preparing you for what he's already prepared for you. See, it's not just about getting you into the promised land. It's about getting you ready to get into that promised land. That way, whenever you get there, you'll be able to handle the thing that God's given you. Because one of the greatest tragedies in life is for to get that thing that, that, that you've been searching for only to find out that you couldn't handle it and then you squander it. God said, no, 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 I need, I need, before I get you there, I need to get something in you so I could get it through you so we could reach the world. Wait patiently on this mountain. Wait patiently for my instructions. Wait patiently. Be in tune to the process. See, I got to be honest, like, whenever I was younger, I used to hate this word revival. I did. I hated the word revival. And and part of the reason why I think I hated this word revival is because I I believed it was used so flippantly. And I believed it was just used, people really didn't know what it meant. And and even this week, I actually went and I looked it up in the dictionary. And and in the dictionary, it it even defines it as a renewed interest. And I just thought, that's not revival. That's the problem. People think of revival as a renewed interest. And the reality to revival is something has to die first. Something has to be dead in order for it to be revived. And see, what happens is we like to kind of maybe get to the point where we're on life support and then, okay. Like, no, 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 like for revival to happen, that means it's out of my hands completely. It means, see, I think God's not so much interested in revival as he's interested in resurrection. As he's interested in, say, redemption. As he's interested in, say, listen, yeah, something's going to happen. Revival's going to happen, but it's going to be on my terms. It's going to be the way I choose to do it. And see, there was a generation of people that were disobedient and full of excuses. And God says, no, 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 no. Like, you've got to do this. You've got to go in and take this land. Yeah, there's some giants in, but I'm going to be with you. I will go ahead of you. I will fight your battles for you. But they didn't listen. And they died in the wilderness. And come on, let's be honest. That's our story sometimes. See, we've seen God move. We've seen him do all of these things. But there's a battle ahead of us, and we don't want to fight it. We want what God has for us, but we want to skip steps. We we don't want the process. And and we forget that David was forgotten in the field before he became king. We forget that Joseph was sold into slavery and imprisoned before he became commander. 
We forget that Paul was the persecutor before he became the persecuted. But here's the, the, the crazy thing about Paul is he was more free as the persecuted than he ever was as the persecutor. You feeling, you feeling what I'm saying? It, 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 it's amazing. There's, there's a process. And God is leading you somewhere. And sometimes where he's leading you, sometimes there's a sea in front of it. Sometimes there's a mountain you got to weigh at. Sometimes there's giants still in the land. Sometimes there's a cross at the end of the road. But God, if you could, if you could just take us another way. And here's what's amazing. God said, yeah, but, but this is the best way. Because if I would have taken you the easy way, you would have lost heart. See, it says, like, it says in the Bible that, and they were going this way, but they took the long way around. Because if they would have seen the fight that was ahead of them, they could have lost heart and changed their mind. They could have changed their mind. And you're, some of you guys are wondering, God, why is this taking so long? Why have I had to go through these things in my life? Because God had to take you the long way around. Because if you would have gone the easy way, you would have lost heart. Let me break it down to you. Like, God, why didn't I win the lottery? You didn't win the lottery because maybe then you'd start trusting money and not trusting God. Well, God, why didn't this happen? Well, because then maybe you'd be trusting that person and not trusting God. Well, why did this and why did I have to go through so many things with my job and and with my kids? Because then maybe you would have trusted your own ability and your own strength. And God had to take you the long way around. God had to take you the long way around. But it's for your own benefit. And sometimes God leads us to seas and to mountains and to rivers and to giants. And we have a tendency to just complain, right? We have a tendency to allow the enemy to come and say, well, man, it was so much easier back in Egypt. It wasn't. It was so much easier when I was living this lifestyle. It was so, it wasn't. The grass was not greener over there. I guarantee it. You were like two steps away from being locked up. <laughs> you, you were. You don't even know it, but you were. The, the enemy had a plan for your life. You know, this is, this is one of the big lessons that God has been teaching me. You know, I, I've shared with you guys a number of times that when we started the church, I felt like God say seven years and then the beginning. And, th- and it's like six and a half years now, and, and I'm just believing God's, he's getting ready to move, he's getting ready to do something. There's a part of me sometimes like going through this process that, God, why is it taking so long? Like, why have we had to go through these struggles, and why has it, you know, and, and part of it, God's just looking at me and saying, Lucas, well, you weren't ready. Lucas, I, I had to get some stuff straight. You, you wouldn't have been able to handle it back then. You would have lost heart. You would have begun to trust in other things and not in me. I I had to get something in you. And this has been this process of surrender, this process of learning, okay, Jesus, I don't know why you did it this way, but I'm glad you did. I know there was some heart pain and there was some hurt and some disappointment. And and I've had to to face some some difficulties, but God, I'm glad that you did it this way. Because I don't want to squander what you've given us. I don't want to squander what you're, you want to do in me and, I, and what you're going to do through this church. I want to be ready, God. 
I'm ask the band to come back up. See, there's this pattern, there's this progression. There's this flow. God's taking it from, from slavery to seas to mountains to rivers. And, and here's the thing, God, I, guys, I believe we're on the edge of the river right now. See, I believe that this is a generation that's no longer satisfied with saying, like, like God, we're going to be obedient. We're going to listen to your word. We're not going to do it our way any longer. We've built enough golden calves. We've gone out, uh, gotten ahead of ourselves enough times, God. We're following the smoke. We're following the fire. And God, if you don't move, we don't move. And, and if you're not in it, we're not in it. So you want to know the call of God on your life? Just find where he's moving and do that. Just find where God is breathing and do that. Find where God is, it, it, things are happening, things are stirring. Uh, just this morning, I heard the story of uh, uh, um, my brother here was saying, we, we, we were coming out from having dinner, and he just had this conversation with, with his friend, and next thing you know, his friend's getting saved. And, and then there's this, this uh, other young lady that's with us today, and she said, you know what, I was an atheist for two years, but God got a hold of me. And I gave my life to Christ. Amen? Like God's moving. God's setting things up. And you're going to hear their story in just a few weeks. And it, it might not seem like it. Because here's the thing. Here's what I found. When you find yourself on the edge of the river, when you find yourself getting ready to cross over, the enemy's going to do everything he can to get you to go back to Egypt. The enemy's going to do everything he can to rob you of your joy. The enemy is going to do everything he, he can to get you down. He's going, to try, he's going to try to tell you that like life isn't going to get better. Your finances aren't going to get better. Your marriage isn't going to get better. Your kids are always going to be crazy. He's going to attack you with everything that he's got. You know what I'm talking about. And we're going to have to make a choice. You know what, God? I'm not going back. I'm moving forward. I'm following this crowd. I'm following this fire. I'm following this whatever you got for us. When you move, I'll move, God. And if you ain't moving, I'll wait. I'll wait. And see, I think we've been waiting. We've been waiting. And I think God's saying, all right, I'm getting ready to move. I'm getting ready to move. I'm getting ready to move. Stand with me. And here's what I've learned. On the, on the, the cusp of revival, on the cusp of God breaking through, because I, I believe with all of my heart, God wants to do something in this county. God wants to do something like something awesome is going to happen in Brunswick County. And I know you've heard that before, but it's true. God's been getting us ready. And he wants to do something in this church. He wants to do something in you. He wants to do something at your workplace. He wants to do something in your family. Revival is going to happen. But it comes with a realization that something has to die. Repentance has to take place. And we're about to sing this song, O Come to the Altar. And I love the first line of the song, but it says, Are you hurting and broken within? Are you overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. And then I love this next one. Have you come to the end of yourself.
Have you come to the end of yourself, Coastal Vineyard? Have you come to the end of trying to do it your own way? Have you come to the end of trying to do it in your own strength? Are you ready to just let God lead you? Are you ready to just fully surrender and say, God, I'm yours? Join with me. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. If at any time during this song, there's going to be some people up here that would love to pray with you. If you need prayer for anything, please just come up during this song. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide, forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes Come today, there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling Bring your sorrow and trade them for joy From the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And oh, what a Savior Isn't He wonderful Sing hallelujah Christ is risen Bow down before Him For He is Lord 
sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. Oh, what a Savior, isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. Bow down before Him, for He is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He is able. He is bigger than your problem. He is bigger than whatever you're going through. He is the God of resurrection. He is the God that speaks the world into existence. He is the God that says mountains move and they move. Oh, how long, how wide, and how deep is the love of Christ. <laughs> he is able. He is able, and He will lead you. He will lead you through the seas. He will lead you through the mountains. He will lead you through the, lit, the river, and He will go first. He will go first. He goes before you. He goes before you. He is on your side. He fights for you. He paid the price for you. His blood made it. He says you don't have to live like that any more. You don't have to live like that anymore. So may you know the grace and the peace and the overwhelming love of a wonderful Savior. Hallelujah. Amen. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Grace and peace.